Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in seven different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church and how you can get involved, you can visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. I know this about everybody in this room. Listen to me, trust me, I'm 58. I'm telling you when you get to my age, if you're younger than me, if you're younger than me, you're gonna, you're, you're, you may not agree with what I'm about to say, but when you get to my age, you're gonna say, Pastor, you was right. If you're older than me, you're gonna say yes and amen to everything I'm about to say. I already know what every one of you want. I know what you want. You want me to tell you? I'm going to tell you. I know what you want. Even if you don't agree with me now, when you get my age, you're going to say, Pastor, you was exactly right. I know what you want. I'm going to give you three things I know you want. Everybody in this room wanted. Besides, not only am I 58, now I'm a grandfather. There's a new mantle of wisdom upon me. And Heidi's a grandmother. She already had the wisdom, but she, she got the grandmother thing too. Um, I know, I know that you want, I know that you want to be healthy. You, you're going to, you're going to go, I want to, you may not be where you want to be right now, but you always, and I'm not just talking about physically, but I am. You go, I want to just, I want to move the ball in the right direction. How many, you know, that's a process. It's little by little. You don't just do P90X for six weeks and then it's done. You, you, it, a lifestyle. I want to continue. The older you get, your, your health is going to become more and more important to you. Pro, trust me. You're going to go, man, I shouldn't have done all that when I was young. It, it, it always catches up to you. So you're, you're going to want to be healthy, but not only physically, but you're, you want to be healthy spiritually. That means you always want to be growing. That's why Shane is up here going, what's my next step? I talked to a man after the last service. Pastor, I've been around here a long time. I don't know what. I go to next steps. Everybody's got a next step. We want to keep growing. You don't ever want to stop growing. You, you'll never stop growing in the Lord. You're never going to learn enough. You're never going to experience him enough. That's why when we get to heaven, you're going to go, whoa, this is, absolutely blows your mind. We're, God is many facets, and we want to continue to grow in our relationship with the Lord. So I know that about you. Number two, I know what you want. I know you want to prosper. Yeah, thank you. A few of you are... Uh, I, what, is, what do you mean by that, Pastor Eugene? I want to have a lot of money. No, what I mean by that is I know that you want enough to meet all of your needs, some of your wants, and with a little bit of margin and cushion that you don't have to freak and worry out about money all the time. How many of you want to prosper? You know, I, I, I want to be able to prosper. Okay, let me tell you something. There's two sides of that coin, though. There's two, and I'll give you my definition of prosperity. Prospering means that I have enough to accomplish. God has given me enough to accomplish the assignment that he's given me. Let me say that one more time. I have what I need to accomplish the assignment God has given me. Would you agree? Now then listen to this. Too much is given, much is required. Let me say it again. Too much is given, much is required. Let me say it one more time, and you're going to help me. Too much is given, 
We like that too much is given part. What we don't like is the much is required part. So I believe, I believe the word that uh, uh, Russell, uh, Uncle Russ gave beforehand was absolutely true. It's appointed time. That means God does want to prosper us, but he won't prosper you until you're ready to carry the burden of it, what's required of it. That he won't give it to you in advance. He waits, as the Bible says, I pray that you prosper as your soul prospers. That as you grow spiritually and mature spiritually, then God has prosperity or blessing for you because he knows you're going to not go buy every pair of shoes in the whole place. Are, 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 you, are you with me? So he, he wants to make sure, wait a minute, that, that's like when my Hillary was a teenager, when she was growing up, she's 13, she's ready to, she wants to drive. How many of you know she's got to grow until she gets the blessing. You don't give it to them too soon. You give it to them at the right time. So I know you want to be healthy, spiritually and physically. I know you want to prosper. And I know you want peace. If you could just get peace. Yeah, you just watch peace. Peace comes when I'm in right relationship with God. That means being God or good. There's, there's no sin or reoccurring sin that I keep breaking fellowship with God. If I mess up, he convicts me, I repent. And I keep the peace with God. Now here's the tricky part with this. And others. It's the only one of the three that is dependent on others. How many of you would be honest in church? You've had others that has stolen your peace. Okay. That's why Pastor Jacob, I'll quote him, would say something like this. The way you handle conflict will determine the quality of your life. How do we handle when there are others that have taken peace from us I want to tackle that sub subject today. In fact, I'm entitling this message, How to Conquer Conflict. The Bible is clear. It's not a matter of if it's coming. It's when it's coming. We live in a world that you, I don't care where you go, you are not going to go around conflict. In fact, Jesus is going to speak to this in the book of Luke, chapter 17, verse number 1. God, peace comes with God, and when I'm at peace with others, then I have peace. You mess up God, I don't have any peace. You mess up others, I don't have any peace. So I want to zero in on how to deal with what I would consider conflict, and Jesus is going to speak about it. Then he said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. So he's already telling his disciples, look, you're going to walk through this life. I'm telling you, it's impossible to walk through this life without somebody offending you. Let me translate it. It's impossible to walk through this life without you having to deal with conflict interpersonally between your, your marriage, your family, folks you go to church with. Somebody's going to say something that's going to offend you. It's going to happen. 
Listen, we live in a world right now that's more divided and polarized than 58 years that I've ever seen in my lifetime right now. Everybody is continuing to do nothing but go to their own sides and, 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 and dare somebody to cross the line. Thank you. Thank you for that message last weekend, Pastor Kevin, talking about unity in the house. Listen, the enemy wants to destroy the unity, and he's going to bring it by bringing offenses. Okay, so I want to talk to you about that. That's certain. Let me give you the Greek word I'm teaching today. Let me give you the ancient Greek word that is used for the word offenses in, in Luke 17, 1. It's the word scandalon. Say that with me, scandalon. Can you think of any English word that we get from that ancient Greek word, scandalon? Scandal, scandalous. It's, what it means is, I love uh, John Bevere, and I would encourage you to get this book. If you, if you go, man, I've been offended a lot in my life. I've, I've been on that side of offenses. Uh, he wrote a book called The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. I would encourage you to get it. If you'd like to read, read that book, it, it talks about how the enemy is going to set up traps. He's going to use people, and he's going to try to make you offended. And if you'll do that, he, 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 will, he will use that. Scandal on. Offenses are going to come. It also means a stumbling block. It means that People will do things that will put a block in front of you and you will stumble over it. Jesus said, woe to him who brings these. It would be better for a millstone to be tied to his ankles and thrown into the sea for him to cause a little one, a young in the faith, to stumble. I can't get away with what you can get away with. I can't drive through Opelousas and somebody cut me off and I honk my horn and shoot the bird. <laughs> Why? Because if you saw me do that, it could be a stumbling block to you that could cause you to stumble. Heidi and I years ago went to a restaurant in Lafayette. We went to the restaurant. Heidi's from Texas, iced tea girl. And uh, we're sitting down and the waitress comes over and uh, says, oh, I want to let you know, we do have a specialty tea today. And Heidi goes, oh, what is it? And they go, strawberry tea. It's really good. And Heidi goes, oh, I'll, I'll take one. And uh, so they brought it. And they brought it, and it was in one of these hourglass-shaped glasses. And it had an umbrella out of it with a strawberry on it with sugar all the way around the rim. And Heidi just... She looked at it, and then she looked at me, and she looked at it, and then she looked at me, and she looked at it, and then she looked at me. Because y'all know, because it looked like, how do y'all know what, y'all are way too, way too many margaritas have been drunk in this place. I can tell you that right now. Y'all need to get right with God. Anyway, so she, she just, she, she's looking at it, and she goes, uh, and just so you know, Heidi, now Heidi is more Old Testament, the law, and I'm a little more New Testament grace. That's what makes it work, right? Because sometimes you need law and sometimes you need grace. And she's like, I can't drink that. I said, why can't you drink that? And she goes, because it, it, looks, it looks like a margarita. <laughs> and I said, well, baby, it's not a margarita. 
I mean, we have liberty in Christ. It, it's not a margarita. We don't, we don't drink alcohol. And, and I said, baby, it, it's not. And she goes, I know, but what if somebody from the church walked by and they thought it was a margarita? That could be a, a stumbling block for someone. Hey, free reading, go read Romans 14. Romans 14 is a warning to us that we have to, if, you're, if you've been around in Christ for a while, you, got, you do have a responsibility to set an example before the younger Christians of how to walk this life out so that we don't become a stumbling block to someone. Are you tracking with me? Jesus is telling us offenses are going to come. Someone's going to sin against you. It is coming. Woe to those who do, but it is coming. And I want to help you how to navigate that because the Bible does tell us what do you do when that happens. And I know we live in a world of fractured families. All of our families has got stuff in it that we're going, man, we never... We've said this a thousand times, but I'm going to say it again. The difference between a dysfunctional family and a functional family. A dysfunctional family and a functional family still has the same problems. It's just the dysfunctional family can't fix it where the functional family can. I want to help you become functional so when offenses do come, you know how to fix it. Are y'all ready to go? Okay, great. So let's go. I want to take you to this famous passage, but I'm gonna give you something practical so that when you walk out, you'll know what to do. I wanna take you to the book of Matthew, chapter 18, and we're going to read 15 through 18, but I'm gonna stop on this verse for a minute. Matthew 18. Moreover, if your brother sins against you or offends you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him. You don't tell your mom and them. You go alone. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. All right. Now, there's a lot to unpack in this. So give me a few minutes. I want to unpack this for you because Jesus is telling wherever he's telling us what to do. What do I do when I get offended? What happens if somebody sins against me or hurts me? What do I do? And uh, how to know, here's the number one. I'll give you three thoughts real quick. Number one, how to know to go. How do you know, how do you discern, is this something I should take to my brother or is this something I shouldn't take to my brother? And let me unpack that. I think it would be wrong for anyone to take Jesus's words here as a command to confront your brother with every sin or offense or issue that they commit against you. Stay with me. Why? How can I say that? Because the Bible clearly states that we should be bearing one another. It says that we should be long-suffering with one another. It even says that we should make allowances for the weaknesses of others. 
So now we've got a situation. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 15, if your brother sins against you, you should go speak to them. But now, Pastor, you, you're telling me the Bible also says to be long-suffering, to be patient. It says to, be, to put love in the gap. Love believes the best. You're telling me that and that we should bear with one another and allow for their weaknesses. So which one is it? That, that's a great, you're asking that, right? Yeah, that's a great question you're asking that I just told you to ask. So it, it kind of gives you two options. Either I go to my brother to deal with it, or I got to drop it under the headlines of I'm bearing with or long-suffering. Question, anybody married in the room? How many of you know not every time there's an offense from your spouse that it means you have to go have a Matthew 18, 15 conversation. There's some things you just go, I'm gonna take that and I'm going to put it in the long suffering box and I'm going to pack it up. Oh, I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna keep my mouth shut and I'm gonna go put it in the bearing box. Yesterday, Heidi had a brilliant idea she decided that we were going to plant four fruit trees in our yard. Not one, not two, not three. That would be planting fruit trees. When you get to four, you're planting an orchard. <laughs> and I'm the muscle. So she tells me, get the shovel. I got, I got a pickaxe. So you need shovel and pickaxe, and I'm the one who's digging. So she, she placed the tree where she wanted it. And then I would go around with the shovel to make the circle around it so that we could move the tree and then I could finish digging out the hole. And first one, that's not deep enough. That's not wide enough. She starts telling me, how many of you know there was, I was real good, y'all. You men would be real proud of me. I took that and said, I'm going to take that and I placed it in the long-suffering box. Do you want to say anything, baby, about that? That's why I'm sitting down through this entire message, because I can't walk anymore. <laughs> no, there's some things that need to go in those boxes. Now, here's the key. Husbands, wives, listen to me. If you put it in the long-suffering box, or the bearing box, or the I'm making an allowance box, you can't ever go back and get it out of that box. It means that you're gracing them. You're not receiving the offense. You can't go, oh, well, just a minute. Here we go again. No, no, you put it in that box. It's got to stay in that. That means you're gracing over it. Forgiveness is applied. Nobody even has to say anything. Are y'all checking with me? Then how do I know if the other option that I need to go talk to my brother, talk to my sister, talk to my spouse? It's a great question. Here's the rule that I followed and Heidi's followed, and we said it this way. If something hurts us, we're going to go to God first, and we're going to wait 24 hours. And if it's still bothering us like it just happened 
24 hours later, then that means there needs to be a discussion because we can't let the enemy stick that thing in us because then, let me tell you what's not an option, retaliation, resentment, bitterness, and then you, then you get real ugly. You start drinking poison waiting for them to die. I'm telling you, 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 you got to go, no, no, this is, I, I've done it with other relationships. I've worked with pastor, Pastor Jacob, pastors, and go, man, if it's tw- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grace them on that. But if it's still bothering me, t- I think I'm going to put that in the grace box or in the bearing box. But if it's still bothering me 24 hours later, I'm going to ha- go have a conversation because something's not Are y'all tracking with me? Am I making sense? Okay, I just want to make sure. Uh, Here's here's what language we've used. Every account has to be cleared within 24 hours. Every account has to be cleared, which means you can't be storing up stuff in your account because when you do, if you're married, when you do have an argument, you're not just arguing about that one thing, you're arguing about all 24 things that you've been putting in the account. And that ain't fair. I'll talk about that in just a moment. So how do you know when to go? You don't have to put 24 hours. You could put 72 hours. You could put a week. You just got to decide on how much sleep you're willing to lose. Are y'all tracking with me? Many times you'll wake up in the morning and you won't even think about it again. Oh, yeah, that did bother me yesterday. But you know what? That's... I'm going to put it in the bearing box. I'm going to put it in the long suffering. I'm going to make an allowance for. Y'all checking? Let me give you number two. I'm going alone. Everybody say alone. Yeah, yeah. That means you got to go to them first. That means you don't talk to anybody else about it. You don't pull somebody aside and in the guise of wisdom, I need wisdom, you vomit the entire story all over them and how bad that hurt you and what they said. You don't. You, you just have to go to them. If someone bothers me or hurts me within the church, I'm, I'm not telling anybody. I'm going to go visit with them and say, hey, this is what happened. You don't call and get call. Uh, uh, Brother Dwayne and, and, and get the prayer team up praying about it. And you wanted to tell your story because you're not really looking for prayer. You're looking for agreement. You're looking for someone to take your side. That's, the proverb says, he who tells their story first seems right. Whoever's, man, let me tell you what my, my old lady did to me. And you hear it at the job. I go, man, man, let me tell you what I would do if I was her husband. Yeah, you're so full of it. Yeah, you need to hear the other side of the story. Watch this. Because when we, when, we, when we do gossip about the offense, then we spread the offense to others. The scandalon. Now it starts spreading to other people. Secondary offenses can be worse than the original offense. You, you hurt me and I tell Heidi, then she's madder at you than I am. You hurt her and she tells me, then I'm madder at you than she is. The secondary offense can be worse. And so you got to go alone. And number three, here's how we go. How do we know to go? Does it go in the bearing box, long-suffering box? I'm going alone. 
and how do I go? Everybody look right here. Your posture is really, really important. Somebody offends you. You don't go accusatory. You go investigatory. I don't know if that's a word. I just made it up. You, you, you really go to investigate. And I'll show you why in just a second. Hey, I'm coming to you. I, I'm, love says it always believes the best. So I'm going to put the best in the gap. They were having a bad day. Maybe they didn't mean it the way I took it. I'm going to go and find out from them and get clarity on what they said because I want to make sure I didn't take it the wrong way. I'm seeking truth and reconciliation. I'm not seeking right. Husbands and wives, right is not all it's cracked up to be. I'd rather be reconciled than be right. That's good, Pastor. You don't care who you are. That's good. I don't care. No, no, it's too late. Don't clap. It's too late. I gave y'all a chance. Y'all did not get on. No, you can clap. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. I've used the same joke every service to see if it works this one. Uh, but this is true. I have never slept one night in 35 years of marriage have I ever had to sleep on the couch. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I had to sleep three days on the porch one time, but other than that, <laughs> it still works, baby. Yeah. You don't go angry. If you're angry, it's not time to go. If you're still mad, not time to go. You, you, you go and you go, okay, I need to go sit with them because reconciliation is the goal, not right. Listen to me. You're coming in humility because you want to win your brother. You want to win your spouse, not the argument. You want to win their heart back. You, you're coming to win the heart. And so can I be honest with you? I don't know what the percentage is, most people don't mean to hurt you. They said something that hurt you, but that was not even their, what they meant. And you don't ever find that out until you sit down with them in humility and to reconcile and say, I don't, I'm, I'm not accusing you because I know, I don't think you would ever do this. But you said this, and here's what I heard and I just wanted to give you an opportunity to clarify that because I don't want to step in the trap and carry the offense. Are y'all checking? Yeah. Remember, most people don't even realize that they hurt you or they sinned. They just noticed you used to greet them out in the foyer all the time. Now you're at the other end of the hallway. And you're like, did something happen? I are we good? Oh, yeah, we're good. Well, you, you didn't answer. You know, we used to text all the time. When I'm, maybe something happened. Now, listen. Let me, let me take you back to 15 again. If I can, 18, 15. And it says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. Let me, let me zero in on if he hears you. Let me tell you what it doesn't say. If he repents, you have gained your brother. 
He didn't repent. I went to him and he didn't repent. What did he do? He, he said, thank you for coming. I, I hear you. He didn't start crying. He, maybe he, not, he may not even say he was sorry. He may have said, thank you. I, I hear you. L- let me tell you why. Because you've been processing the offense for a week. And then when you finally go to speak to them, they're learning about it for the first time. So you may have to be patient with them. You just speak the truth in love. And if they hear you, let me tell you what's going to happen when you leave the room. Now the Holy Spirit comes in and begins to speak to them. And you got to give them time to process with the Lord so they can circle back maybe two or three days later and say, thank you for loving me enough to come and share that with me. Thank you. I receive it. Please forgive me. And everybody can be reconciled. Are y'all? Yeah. So wives, when you go, I got to talk to you. And let me tell you something. And, you, and he gets all, you, you, you gotta, sometimes you got to give them some time to let the Holy Spirit do what he needs to do so that he can come back. Heidi's been a master at this through the years. She's, baby, I just need to talk to you. Oh, shoot. And there have been many times I've gotten very defensive. Baby, I'm just sharing my heart. Holy Spirit, she's right. That's the truth. Baby, I'm, you're right. I'm sorry. You got to give it some time. If they hear you, let the Holy Spirit do his job because he's the only one that can really change anybody. It's only him. Thank you, Lord, for changing him. Watch what it says right here. Well, what, what happens if they don't? Well, he tells us. But, well, but what, if, what if he will not hear? Like, oh, man, come on. You're just too sensitive. Get over it. Talk to the hand. What if they won't hear? Jesus is actually talking inside of the church, inside of his body. Y'all remember Pastor Kevin. Unity. Last week, unity. We become one. Under one banner. Look at me. Can I tell you something? You know, I'm not scared. I'm not afraid. But it does concern me what's happening to our nation. The division that's happening. Now you add on to that, we're going to be doing a redo in our political world nationally. It looks like we're coming up in the end of November. It always divides. The enemy always comes in like a thief to steal, kill, and destroy, and to bring division among people. When God's been, and we have all been working so hard to keep unity in this house together, to tear down pride, poverty, and prejudice in our own community. Do you think the enemy might not try to exploit the season that we're in? Of course he will. But if you recognize it, we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. He's going to do whatever he can to bring an offense between us. And if we know that going in advance, now we know what to do with it. You know, check what, what, look what he says. But what if they don't hear? What does he say? Take with you one or two more that by the mouth of the two, three witnesses, 
every word could be established. Y'all want me to translate that for you? Take a referee. Take somebody that everybody respects who's been a mature Christian to sit in the room with y'all so that we can work this out. Look at me. Every marriage, look at me. If you're single and you're going to get married, y'all need to decide quickly who's going to be the referee. Y'all ever watch wrestling? Wrestling. Any wrestling people in here? Y'all like WWE, whatever, anybody? Okay, thank you. We have a few people that will admit it. The rest of you are lying. I do have bad news for you. It's fake. It's not real. I know you think it's real, but it's not. Uh, I grew up, grew up as a little boy watching wrestling uh, with my grandmother. My grandmother, you could not convince her it was not real. She thought it was real. She was so mad. This is old school days. Wahoo McDaniel, the Iron Sheik, the Von Erichs. Anybody remember? Yeah, y'all remember the, yeah. How about the Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Yeah, I don't even know the new stuff. Uh, uh, John Cena and the rug goes, go, 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 go. I don't even know that. I just know that part. Uh, it's not real, but that's, you ever notice what happens is they were wrestling and then you get so mad because your guy was winning and then the referee got distracted over here and then two more people come running in with a chair and they come bust somebody on back of the head and then they jump out of the ring and the referee turns around and he didn't see any of it and he's counting and you go, where's that fire? The problem was the referee was, there wasn't no referee, basically. That, that's how some of us argue. That's how some of us fight. You're supposed to be just wrestling with your spouse and trying to work it out, but then you, you don't have a referee, so you bring your mom and them in, and they come, bust your husband over the head. Mama said, and I'm calling mama, and you'll bring your aunties in. And... No, you need somebody. He was saying, bring somebody in that's mature, Heidi and I have sat with Pastor Jacob and Michelle. They've been our referees. We've had, we've had some good ones now. We've, we've had to go sit. Pastor you, what do you got to say? Well, Heidi, I just feel like she... And Heidi's like, Pastor, let me tell you something. And I usually got slapped around. I usually was, Pastor, she's right, you know. What were you trying to... You were trying to establish the truth. What was true? Not what I believed or perceived, but what was true. But the goal was always one thing, not to be right. Heidi didn't revel in being right. We both reveled in that we were once again reconciled as one because the enemy was trying to divide us. If it happens in this house, don't you think the enemy would work hard to make it happen in this house and for us to be aware of the devices of Satan and go I know that's him you know what I'm gonna take that one and I'm gonna put it into the bearing box I saw their post I'm gonna take that one and put it into the allowance post for their immaturity and their weakness wait a minute that's the post again I'm going to go visit with them because I love them and I want to talk to them. Maybe they'll see and hear 
and the Holy Spirit will work and they'll grow. Ephesians says we grow this way by speaking the truth in love to one another. Are y'all picking out what I'm laying down? Watch this. How many of you have been on the side where someone said something that offended you? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay, those who aren't raising your hand, you're lying. How many of you have been on the side where you've offended? What do you do then? Because it's two sides of this coin. Either I'm on the side that's being offended, receiving it, or I'm on the side that's giving it by something I said. Let me, let me, Jesus is going to address it. Watch what he says. Yeah. Therefore, if you're offering a gift at the altar and there, by the way, except remember, do you know what one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to do? His job description is to remind us. That's what he does. He reminds us. And if you're there and you remember, you know what? I shouldn't have spoke to Heidi that way. Oh, can I tell you? I'll tell you in a second. Remember that your brother or your sister has, if you remember that they've got something against you, that you've hurt them, leave your gift there at the altar. Leave it. Next verse, 24. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Can, can I tell you, there have been some Sundays, a few Sundays, Heidi, that I had to catch her before the service started and go, would you please forgive me? I forgive you, but we're going to talk after church. Because <laughs> I was bringing my sacrifice of praise to the Lord, and while I was there worshiping him, telling him how good he was, he reminded me that I had offended and been offensive to his daughter, my wife, and then I couldn't come walk up here and speak to you without first getting that cleared up with her. Do you hear you hearing me? I've done it the other way too, where I've like, I don't, I don't care, I'm gonna go up there and preach anyway. I'm gonna go up. Not good. The whole time I've been up here preaching, I'm hearing the Holy Spirit go, You didn't you didn't go repent to her. You didn't go repent to her. You, not good. Are y'all receiving this word today? Uh, let me pray for you, because I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to bring to your mind those that have offended you and give you wisdom in which box to put it in. Do I put it in the long-suffering? Because if you do, you've got to leave it. You can't pick it up again. Or do I need to go have a conversation? And then I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to remind us if maybe there is someone that we've hurt and we've just passed them on by, that we need to go visit with and say, would you please forgive me? So Father, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're always specific. I pray over your people. Lord, we just want the peace of God, which comes from you and our relationship with you and others. 
So Father, I'm asking that you would bring to our hearts, our mind's eye right now, those that have offended and that you would give us the wisdom that we need and discernment. Which box does that need to go in? Is it the bearing box? Or Lord, do I need to take that to the conversation box and go sit with them? Would you give us the courage? If we need to go speak, I pray for supernatural courage to have that conversation with the right heart and the right attitude and that you would bring reconciliation. Now, Father, I also ask that the Holy Spirit would bring to our mind maybe those that we've hurt and we need to lay our gifts down at the altar and go visit with first and make it right so that you would receive our gift. So, Father, thank you for the word today, that you love us enough. You said the enemy, Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you came to give us life and to the full, that you want for us a full life. And, Lord, thank you for your word on how to handle and conquer conflict. We receive it. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and eye closed, maybe you're here today. And the first relationship you need to reconcile with is God. All sin separates us from God. You're you're not sitting in a room that's sinless. We're all sinners, but we've repented to God. And he's asked him to be the Lord and Savior of our life and invite him. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Nicodemus asked Jesus, what do you have to do to enter the kingdom of God. And he said, you must be born again. And you go, Pastor, how do I do that? It's as easy as A, B, C. A, admit you're a sinner. That's where it begins. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. B, believe that Jesus came, was sent to this earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross to pay our sin penalty. He paid the debt for us so we could be reconciled with God. And then see, confess him as the Lord. That means to make him the boss. Get off the throne of your life and invite him. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. That's what it means to be born again. And if you're here today and you're ready to be born again, I want to pray with you right now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. But all I ask, no one looking, would you just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, today's my day. I'm ready to be born again. Would you hold your hand up high right now? Don't be ashamed. Right now, I'm ready today. Thank you. I see your hands. Every section, I see hands going up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Congregation, can we pray together with these? Could you pray this with me? Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. And that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt. And you died for it. I believe you face hell for me so I wouldn't have to go and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. So today, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. I am sorry. Would you please forgive me? Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.